When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. <laughs> Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and will bring you back safely. I occasionally have the joy of telling stories to children in schools, camps, and the like. I was invited into a classroom one afternoon at a local care center just before nap time. The children milled about chatting with each other and preparing to sleep after I told stories. I make it sound like a humming office, but really it was quite chaotic. And in the middle of all of that, as I was putting things together and preparing to tell, a young lad came up to me. He looked at me with big brown eyes and asked, Are you a storyteller? I told him I was. At which point he asked, Are you any good? The first storyteller for this episode is Robin Beatty. She is an award-winning storyteller, actress, teacher, director, and writer. As an international performer, her repertoire is wide-ranging, from folklore to fairy tales, true ghost story to historic tales, literature to science, Jewish tales to world tales, and everything in between. But for this episode, this is her telling The Overcoat. There was once a seamstress named Sophie who made beautiful things for everybody in her village. But for herself, she made nothing. But one day, a beautiful piece of cloth came across her counter, and she decided, well, today I'm going to make something for myself. So she picked up her scissors, and she cut and she cut, and she sewed and she sewed. She cut and she cut, and she sewed and sewed. Cut, cut, sew, sew. And she made herself a beautiful overcoat. Sophie wore that overcoat everywhere. She wore it when she went to the shadchan, the matchmaker, and met the man she was to be married to. She wore it when they got married. She wore it to her son's bris, to her daughter's naming ceremony. She wore it here, there, everywhere, until it was worn out. She took it off and she put it on the counter, and she looked at it. And her husband and her children looked at it, and they said, Mama, Mama, look at that. Oh, dear, really, look, it's ragged. Why don't you get rid of it? But Sophie, she said, How can I get rid of this? This overcoat, it holds our lives. It carries our memories. And she had an idea. And she picked up a scissor, and she cut and she cut, and she sewed and sewed, and she cut and cut and sewed 
and sewed. And she made herself a jacket. Oh, she wore that jacket everywhere. She wore it when she took her children to school, when they went to visit the in-laws, to the friends, to the temple, back home. She wore it and wore it and wore it until it was <laughs> worn out. She took it off. She put it on on the, the counter, and everyone came to look. Her husband said, oh, Sophie. Her children said, Mama, please, it's disgusting. Get rid of it. But Sophie said, now how can I get rid of it? Look, in this jacket, in the warp and the weft of the threads, that's our lives. It's carrying our memories, children. She had an idea. She picked up her scissor, and she cut and she cut, and she sewed and sewed. She cut and cut and sewed and sewed, cut, cut, sewed, sewed, and she made a vest. Sophie wore that vest everywhere, to bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, to when her son and her daughter got married, to the naming of her first grandchild, and the bris of her second. She wore it and wore it and wore it until it was worn out. And she took it off and she put it down on the counter. And her husband and her children and now her grandchildren and her daughter and son-in-law all joined her. And they looked at it. Bubby, Bubby, Mom, honey, dear, please get rid of it. Sophie just looked at them and said, no, how can I get rid of it? Look, we've had it so long, it carries our lives. It holds our memories. She had another idea. She picked up her scissor. She cut and she cut. She sewed and sewed, and she made a scarf. Wore that scarf everywhere, here, there, back and forth, to weddings and births and funerals, everywhere. And wore it and wore it till it was worn out. And she took it off and she put it down on the counter, and everyone looked. And she said, no, no, I can't get rid of it, you know. And they said, knew what she would say, it holds our lives. And they agreed it did carry their memories. So she picked up that scissor and cut and cut and sewed and sewed and took the last bit of fabric that was still good, and she made a button. And she sewed that button on an overcoat that she had made for her first grandchild, her granddaughter, who the next day was going to be married. And she said, Now you, my darling, you will hold our lives.
It is up to you and and all of you to carry to carry our memories. Today's fairy tale sponsor is Beauty's Charm School. A person is known by their airs and graces just as much by their education. Beauty has taken all of this into consideration and created a school for boys and girls who would like to become the most poised brainiacs of their social circles. Balancing books on the head will be just as important as putting the information in, so that should you encounter anything from a rude bus driver to a prince imprisoned by magic, all options come as easily as sweeping a curtsy. Beauty's Charm School. Enchant the beast inside of you. Did you know that all the patrons of the podcast cannot lick their elbows? You can join that special community for as little as $4 a month. A big thank you to all the patrons who make this podcast possible. If you want to hear me make up facts about you, maybe you should become a supporter too. It would be pretty cool. So... Are you any good? I looked at the young lad and responded the first thing that came to my mind. Well, how about I tell you some stories, and you tell me if I am afterwards. He nodded seriously and wandered away. In a few minutes, I was sat in a chair and the children around me on the floor. I launched into the wind and the sun and kept up that pace for 30 minutes. They were squirrely at the beginning, eventually settling down into the story dreams that happens with enough storytelling. When I finally finished the last story, the children sighed and stirred a little bit. One girl on the way to her nap mat gave me a hug and thanked me for the stories. But before leaving, I paused by the mat where the cheeky boy lay. So, I asked, was I any good? He considered it for a moment and said, It was good. You should come back tomorrow. And with that, he turned over and fell asleep. The second teller for this episode is Julie Moss. For over 40 years, Julie has served diverse rural populations in Illinois and Colorado as an educator in the roles of teacher and librarian. On a journey to China as a people-to-people ambassador, she gathered folktales and put many of them in her book, Old China, Through the Eyes of a Storyteller. This is her telling, Weaving Fair Lady and Buffalo Boy. A young boy once lived in the south of China. His family was very rich and owned much land. But when his parents died, his older brother inherited everything, as was the custom in old China. The older brother and his wife then threw the young boy out of the house with only an old water buffalo to keep him company. The boy and the water buffalo found a small cottage where they lived together. They were friends and kept each other company through the long days and nights, so that people started calling the boy Water Buffalo Boy. One day, when Water Buffalo Boy had become a young man, the water buffalo said, Would you like to get married? Water Buffalo Boy was amazed since the water buffalo had never spoken to him before. You're talking! (gasps) Yes, yes, I would like to get married. Very well. Go to the river where the star maidens bathe. Take the pink clothes and run away. 
So the next morning, Water Buffalo Boy went to the river and followed it through the grasses and green thickets of bamboo until he saw the seven maidens bathing out in the river. Then he took the pink clothes which belonged to the youngest maiden and ran away to hide in a nearby thicket of bamboo. When the star maidens finished their bath, the youngest star maiden looked all over for her clothes, but could not find them anywhere. Have you seen my clothes? she asked all of her sisters, but none of them could tell her where they were. Her six sisters got dressed and called to their youngest sister, Hurry! Hurry and find your clothes! We must leave without delay. Father is waiting for our return. When the youngest star maiden could not find her clothes anywhere, her sisters flew back without her to heaven, where their heavenly father, the Jade Emperor, lived. Finally, the youngest star maiden spied Water Buffalo Boy in the bamboo thicket holding her clothing and asked him, Why did you take my clothes? Feeling ashamed, he said nothing but held out her clothes. She dressed and followed him to his cottage, asking every once in a while, Why did you take my clothes? Water Buffalo Boy did not answer her, for he was too ashamed of what he had done. When they got to the cottage, the youngest star maiden asked again, Why did you take my clothes? This time, the water buffalo answered, Honorable star maiden, he wants to get married. Oh, I would like that. Thank you, honorable water buffalo. My name is Weaving Fair Lady, because it is my job to weave clouds and rainbows into the sky. Water buffalo boy and Weaving Fair Lady fell in love and married soon after. They were poor, but happy. Eventually, the young couple had twin boys whom they loved very much. They lived thus for three earth years. This was a new and very different way of counting time for Weaving Fair Lady, since she was accustomed to heavenly days, which equal one earth year. Meanwhile, on the heavenly day following the disappearance of the youngest star maiden, the Jade Emperor discovered she was missing. The next heavenly day, the third year on earth, he sent other gods to bring her back, because without her the heavens were empty and no longer beautiful. After much searching, They found her, and pulling her from her husband's and her son's arms, took her back to her father. Water Buffalo Boy was very sad at the loss of his beautiful wife. She meant everything to him. The little boys missed their mother, especially at night when they cried themselves to sleep. One evening, the Water Buffalo said, Kill me. Use my skin to make a basket so you can fly to heaven with your twin sons and find your wife, Weaving Fair Lady. 
But Water Buffalo Boy could not bring himself to kill his old friend, the Water Buffalo. Seeing this, the Water Buffalo lay down, breathed his last breath, and died, so that Water Buffalo Boy might find his wife. Water Buffalo Boy made the baskets from the Water Buffalo's skin, which magically took him and his sons to heaven where he found Weaving Fair Lady. She was glad to see her earthly family, but her heavenly father, the Jade Emperor, was angry. He took his knife and split the sky between them so that Water Buffalo Boy and Weaving Fair Lady could not be together. Weaving Fair Lady longed to be with her husband and sons. She knew what to do. She called to her friends, the magpies, Come, come build a bridge for my family and me. All the magpies came to her aid and made a bridge with their wings across the chasm the Jade Emperor had cut in the sky. Weaving Fair Lady's mother, the Heavenly Queen, took pity on them. She said, Weaving Fair Lady and Water Buffalo Boy, You may meet in the middle of the bridge one special night out of the earth year. They became Weaving Fair Lady and Water Buffalo Boy stars. The chasm is the Milky Way. The bridge is the galaxy between their stars. And once a year, under the first quarter moon, on the seventh day, of the seventh lunar month, which usually falls in August, they meet. This is Chi Shi, a day for lovers, or the Chinese Valentine's Day. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Robin Beatty and Julie Moss on the internet. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. You can find me and the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Story Story Podcast or Rachel Ann Harding. The beautiful brain behind the fairy tale sponsor is Christina Vincent. Check out the ads for the fairy tale sponsors and let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Maybe you'll hear them here soon. If you would like to become a supporter of the podcast for as little as $4 a month, you can find links on storystorypodcast.com and hear me read your name and thank your beautiful face for the world to hear. If it isn't in the cards to support the podcast right now, no worries. Perhaps you'd be willing to go write a review on iTunes, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the podcast. Head over to the website and join the mailing list for hidden goodies. And if you tune in, you'll hear more stories next week. But until then... Live happily ever after. And Mary Kate opened up the door, and there on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. 
And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festival.